Today's show is sponsored by the MultiorgasmicMama.com. If lack of confidence, low libido, or guilt and shame around your sexuality are the cause of your bedroom woes, you know, the hot wild sex you never have anymore, or the transition into motherhood that sucked your libido dry, let me help you get your mojo and magnetic feminine spark back. Magic, miracles, total self-love, and multi-orgasmic bliss included. See you at TheMultiorgasmicMama.com. Welcome, everyone. It's Lacey Broussard here with Miss Carolyn Diaco. Hey, Carolyn. Hi, Caroline. Caroline, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Caroline. Yeah. So let's just go ahead and start out by having you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, who you're serving, and all of that good stuff. Awesome. Cool. Well, like we said, my name is Caroline Diaco. I am uh, a New Yorker. I've born and raised, living in New York with two sons. Um, I've been working in the footwear industry for over 20 years and enjoy that very much, but have been led to my true passion and the truth of who I am um, in the field of sex, love, and relationships. I was fortunate enough to study with you, Lacey, in uh, Layla Martin's Sex, Love, and Relationship Certification uh, Coaching. And I am a certified coach. I am also a certified jade egg coach. And um, just feel such gratitude for finding where my heart really sings and where my soul really wakes up and being able to um, facilitate conversations and practices and um, discussions and questions and answers, mostly with women. I have coached some men, but um, so far mostly with women on the topic of, of love, of self-love, of, of sex, of relationships. And, you know, I find it this combination of, of two things that I love very much. Um, one, like the spiritual and the sacred. And two, I happen to come at it from a pretty actually um, like comic standpoint. I, I tend to be able to break the ice um, in getting into sexual discussions. And I was this way even before I started studying sex as like a true topic. I was always kind of like in that like always wanting to be talking about it and using humor to, to get it up at the table, you know, at a dinner table at, in a, amongst a group. So I've kind of always had that thing in me where I've really wanted to discuss it and then finding when I wanted to then study it and um, share it and then recognize it as, as sacred has been a, a beautiful and ongoing journey, an ongoing journey. I'm going this Saturday to um, a full day in-person uh, training with Esther Perel for oh. coaches and therapists. Yeah, and the topic is um, the male paradox happens to be the topic. So we shall see. 
um, how it all goes, but I'm just looking so forward to spending a full day in person with one of my true idols. Yeah. Wow. What an honor. (laughs) Phenomenal. That's amazing. Well, sex happens to be one of my favorite um, topics of dinner table discussions as well. So let's <laughs> totally get you on that. Uh, and you know what? Other people want to talk about it too. They really do. And they're shy or they're ashamed or they think it's inappropriate or someone's going to judge them or whatever the case may be. But the truth is most a lot of people really want to discuss it and some people really need to discuss it. And that's where I'm finding that I'm getting a lot of gratitude from my friends um, that I kind of serve through this secret Facebook group, just people I grew up with and have come across, you know, as true personal friends over the years, I have a group with them and I get a lot of gratitude and appreciation um, from them, both within the group and privately. Um, People coming to me with issues and things that they need or want to discuss, and I've managed to earn their trust, and I say this with such, like, humility, um, that these women are willing to come to me and tell me their innermost secrets and things, and that I can treat it um, with the utmost respect, of course, confidentiality, but also normalcy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just to have a sex positive um, come from and just, an incredible amount of normalcy on whatever the topic is. And because we had our crew, our graduating class of 166 women sharing their innermost secrets over the course of two years plus, there's nothing we haven't seen. Mm -hmm. So that puts us into like this scope, this broadband of receiving so much from all over the place over the course of such a long time Mm. um, that now nothing can shock, which is just a beautiful thing um, to be able to hold any circumstance with, with, with normalcy and with respect. And um, I find that that is the thing I think that the women really respect and appreciate the most. It's like, wow, I never thought there was anyone I could talk to about this. And the weird thing is that everyone has a secret and they don't know that everyone else does too. And it makes everyone feels alone and no one is alone, but it's so hard to talk about. And that's what makes this just a beautiful position to be in. Um, is to let people know that they're so not alone. And I thought that I was for a very long time, which is what led me to this work. I was in a platonic marriage for a very long time. And um, my husband and I um, are now separated, but we tried very hard to make our marriage work, even though the sex piece wasn't there. Uh, for the children, for each other, for the extended family, everything but for ourselves. And, and even for ourselves, we were afraid. We, 
and we're such good friends. Um, but we looked like the perfect couple on the outside and on, you know, behind closed doors, we were both, you know, very lonely physically, emotionally, and otherwise, and no one knew. And it felt like having, being the only one and having that secret. And then I learned later that like Oprah's greatest viewed episode was the sexless marriage Mm. episode. So it's like, how could it possibly be that I'm the only one? I'm so not the only one, but no one's talking about it. And it's so sad. Yeah. Wow. I just want to thank you for sharing that. That's a huge piece. And just by you sharing that, it makes and gives so many other women permission to even open up about it, to even start thinking about, wow, what I, maybe I'm not the only one. I'm not weird. I'm not a freak. There's nothing like inherently wrong with me. Right. Cause it's I think. So true. And then like here and there, when I would let out, you know, to a confide, you know, confide in a, in a friend that this was the case. And like, sometimes it would be say male friends and they'd be like, what are you kidding me? Like, how, how could you guys not be having sex? You're both so great looking and blah, blah, blah. Like, that has nothing to do with it either. Like, you could be the sexiest woman or man alive and still have dysfunction within your marriage for reasons unknown. Yeah. It could be very deep, traumatic, unconscious blocks that are keeping you from each other and... You know, maybe they're fixable, maybe they're not. If they are fixable, it takes two very willing partners. And, you know, I was really willing to go into my own depths, but and I, it's fine. I give him credit for admitting it. Like, Joe just wasn't. And, like, I've done some deep, deep work that I wouldn't wish upon anyone. <laughs> it's been so dark at times, you know? Um, but there is always light on the other side of the darkness. It just takes a lot of bravery. And I'm glad, personally glad that I did it. But you can't force anyone into that kind of personal dive, deep mm-hmm. dive. And um, I... I'm I'm very happy um, where Joe and I are, which is family, friends, co-parents. We celebrate our holidays all together. We do all the sports together. Um, But we're not a couple, and we both deserve to get a hug and a kiss and a snuggle and a romp. We both (laughs) deserve that. And, uh, you know, that's... That's why we've, we've separated. And I spent many a year trying to convince myself and the two of us trying to convince each other that sex doesn't matter. The fuck it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that you have some amazing insights on it because when we were at the poolside in Sayulita, Mexico on retreat together, I... I think we had talked because we rode to the um, to the retreat center from the airport together. But when we got there and I heard you talking with all of these other women that were with us uh, about blowjobs by the pool. Blowjobs by the pool. <laughs> I was swimming and like just enjoying swimming naked, <laughs> not caring, you know, it was such an amazing environment to be in. <laughs> 
I just had to flock over to that conversation. It was like, what the hell is this woman talking about? I was hearing stuff that I had never heard of in my life because Carolyn has some amazing um, understanding and uh, of how <laughs> pleasure works in the blowjob situation, y'all. <laughs> so <laughs> I just had to bring her on today to talk with uh, you all about blowjobs. Because to me, she's the blowjob queen. <laughs> Thank you so much, Lacey. I mean, it's, believe no shame, me, no shame. so, so shocking to me, but I wear that crown with a hell of a lot of pride. Maybe all of the jewels on the top of the crown have like penises sticking up out of them. But like, I never thought that within our group of incredible women across the world that I would wind up in some kind of blowjob queen position and, and be the leader of that discussion always. But it has turned out that that's where I fell. And um, you know what? I, I accept. I, I accept that title. I accept that role. I am willing to own and discuss um, the beauty the beauties yes. of blowjobs. Um, the way that day started at the pool was just that it was one of <laughs> our um, fellow women who let me know that she doesn't enjoy blowjobs. And we were going to have a one-on-one -on -one discussion about it at the pool that day during our break. And that discussion turned into over 20 women Mm -hmm. surrounding me and us and it was like wait start again I want to hear that and people were running from far and wide and coming and just hold on please wait for me so it was kind of funny but it really just started out it was going to be a one-to-one -one conversation of honey tell me mm -hmm. what do you think is happening why do you think you don't like it let's discuss and, you know, I think we can kind of start from there at the beginning and then maybe go yeah. all the way. <laughs> um, so I feel like there's a big stigma around blowjobs and that there's a um, misconception that all women don't like it. Um, don't like giving blowjobs. And one, obviously, that's not true. But there are a lot of women who don't like it. And, you know, where does that potentially come from in some cases? There is no one-size-fits-all as far as explanations. But I feel like fear around blowjobs has to do with primarily two major things, in my opinion, from discussions I've had. One is fear of the penis, that a woman particularly doesn't feel comfortable close to the penis, like up close and personal, face, eyes, mouth. Like when we're having sex or penetration, it's like we can feel that pleasure, but we don't have to look at it, mm -hmm. right? Here, it's very up close and personal. So it's like, what is your relationship to a penis? And then even, what is your relationship to men in general? Mm -hmm. um, so if you're in a healthy space 
with a man and you have a fear of penis, I think that as a woman, you need to have the bravery to, to speak about that and say, if you want to get better at this, if this is something you want to share with your man, yeah, the conversation and the communication is important. And like becoming friends with the penis and how do you do that? I don't know. Start with the hand. Start with the foot. Like, what if you give your man, like, a massage of his hand, right? And just see it as a body part. And, like, if he can relax into that receiving. And then maybe the foot, right? Not as every day as the hand. You don't see feet as often. You reveal the foot from the shoe, from the sock. There's a new place that maybe he, he's not being touched all the time. And then, you know, let him know, I'm a little shy about this, but I would like to become more intimately close with this body part of yours and not be so afraid of it like it's the one-eyed monster, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I, I just think that if you, if you start slow, and I remember telling one of the women... Just give it a kiss. Give it a peck. You know, rub it along your cheek. Things like this. Like, and also, you know, whether this is within a relationship that's ongoing or someone who you're newly dating, I also think this communication is important. I'm going to give you a blowjob. Okay, so the give word. The blowjob is a gift to the man from the woman. And the woman then is giving it and the woman is in control. So here's another thing that women would potentially be afraid of is getting their head pushed down. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there's a lot of things that men don't know themselves So when a woman is speaking up for herself in her own strength of, I'm going to give you this blowjob. This is teaching the man to receive. This is teaching the man, none of us want our head pushed down Mm -hmm. on a penis, right? And this is making the man a better lover at the same time. Um, Whether, you know, whether it's, again, within a dating scenario or a relationship scenario, the man is learning something in this, in this case as well. Yeah. Um, so I think that communication of, I am going to give you a blowjob, and this is my blowjob. And it will become our blowjob over time. Because here's another thing. The blowjob changes, again, this is not, it's a not one size fits all. It changes couple to couple. Like my blowjob is not the same with all the men I've dated over my life. It depends also on what they like. And it takes some time to figure that out. Sure. Yeah. You know, and it's also like, can you get it from the man, the agreement that I'm going to enjoy what you give me, no matter what it is, what it feels like, what it looks like, at least at first, without judging you, 
Because yeah. I think that that's another thing that women are really afraid of is being judged. Is this good? Is this any good? And you know what? It's all good. It's all good if it's coming from a place of pleasure from the perspective of the woman. So if it's merely kissing or rubbing the cheek or rubbing the lips up and down along the shaft, and we haven't even brought the tongue out yet, this is good giving and this is good receiving, right? So that this is just permission to be really fucking simple. And then you just go from there. And then it's like, what feels good to my mouth as I'm giving a blowjob? How does this penis feel on my lips, on my face, in my mouth, on my tongue? Whether it's flaccid and soft, whether it's big, whether it's small, whether it's hard. And like that also is taking pressure off the man. Yeah. Like it, it doesn't have to be you know, a standing at attention, full erect penis to be receiving a blowjob. What a powerful reframe because for so many women that say they don't like giving blowjobs, there's so much around feeling like you have to do it a certain way or feeling a little terrified. What if he does push my head down? It makes me gag. You know, that's an awful feeling to feel that. Yeah, and I have so much compassion for that. And really from both sides, because it's just kind of like lack of education because no one talks about it. So, you know, bravo and kudos to you and to you and I for having this discussion. <laughs> yeah, this is so valuable for so many women because... Um, it is a huge fear for a lot of women. A lot of women don't enjoy it because it's like, obviously it's not much about them, but it's not about them because, you know, we don't, we're not seeing it as an actual gift that we can receive pleasure from giving. It feels more like a duty or an obligation or, Oh, he wants it. I guess I'll just do this because I don't right now, you know? And that's a really disempowered, way to approach your sexuality, especially in long-term relationships. Um, but the way that you describe it and talk about it as, no, this is something I'm giving you. Don't tell me how to do it. Kind of thing, you know, like, of yeah, course, and so maybe later, like you can tell me, like, maybe I'll ask you what you like down the line, you know, and, but I really believe in a kind of, slow arc of a learning curve and a reframe, as you say, and, and getting into kind of a comfort zone and recognizing that it is very vulnerable, um, but it can be very pleasurable from the woman's side with a reframe. And if it's coming from a place of either pleasure or enjoyment or giving or love, it can be very pleasurable. I mean, I have had times where I have not wanted to come up for air and that I have been, you know, rendered extremely wet with no manual stimulation whatsoever, just from, um, from giving a blowjob. Mm. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's, yeah. it's kind of like, um, I don't know, it's, it's like 
growing up and growing into this. And if this is something that you're interested in enjoying more, um, there's, there's room for that. I remember a rap lyric from the 90s. Today, rap is so explicit. They talk about everything and anything in every single song. But like when that was not the case in the 90s, I remember this rap lyric from Lil' Kim. And I remember loving her for saying it. And it was this. I used to be scared of the dick. Now I throw lips at the shit. <laughs> and and it, I mean, that's basically what we're talking about right now. You know, that's the arc. Yeah. And it's like, yes, if I am in this intimate space with, you know, the right kind of man at the right kind of time, absolutely, it's not something I want to avoid. In fact, it's, it's top of the menu. Now, I know that there are some pieces to giving a blowjob that we have yet to discuss. One is the orgasmic experiences that are actually available to the woman that probably, oh God, I don't even want to give a number or throw a number out there, but very, very few women know that there's even orgasmic experiences possible for them by giving a blowjob. So Caroline, will you please inform us and tell us about this? <laughs> yes, I will. So this is pretty interesting. Um, this is something that happened to me when I didn't even know that it was possible to my body. And then I got to discussing it with, again, some of our colleagues. And just by simply suggesting and informing our um, fellow um, students that this was possible in the female body, it started happening with other women. So what I'm talking about here is female ejaculation um, through deep throating. Mm -hmm. And we can indeed ejaculate or squirt from having the penis deep in, in the throat. And believe me, when this happened to me, I could not fucking believe it. And neither could my boyfriend at the time. Like we were like high-fiving and doing cartwheels and like celebrating like, yes, like fist pumps and like, what the hell was that? But it was so fun and so incredible. And, and, and it felt amazing. Yeah. And it felt amazing. But here, like my pussy squirting across the room with no manual stimulation whatsoever from having, having the penis down in my throat. So now deep throat, and I want to kind of say this because this is kind of like the whole, the other polarity of, you know, the blowjob scene, like from me saying, you know, start with just kisses. Deep throat requires communication between the couple. And I also think that this is very important to say to your man, I'm giving you a blowjob and we're going to do deep throat now. Two different acts, two different conversations. It's up to the woman if she wants to start deep throating within the blowjob, but 
deep throat is not something for a man to take. It's again, that head pushing thing. Um, some women have called it, I've seen it called face fucking. It's not okay. And for women to know it's not okay, that's good. So that then they can let the man know it's not okay to shove your dick down someone's throat that isn't ready, that doesn't want that, that it hasn't been discussed. Um, but when you're both up for it and you want to do that, practice that, have fun with that, it's kind of like a practice thing. It really is like trial and error, trial and success. And the main thing in the way of deep throating, once again, fear. So if you can be relaxed in the throat and you're not afraid to gag, the sound of gagging, and you can recognize that the sound of gagging does not mean that you are necessarily going to vomit, and that the sound of gagging is not unsexy, okay? You have to embrace the sound of the gag. And this can also be discussed, but like I got to learn that when I was in this particular relationship, he loved the sounds of the gag, loved it. And it was something that I was trying to suppress at first because I didn't know that, right? So now it's like you can relax your throat. You can be um, comfortable that you're not afraid that the cock is touching the back of your throat or going even deeper down into your esophagus area. And that whatever sounds you make are not unsexy, they're actually welcome sounds. Yeah. Um, so all those things lend themselves to being able to deep throat successfully. So if you're relaxed and you're not afraid, you really can open your throat with this like swallowing um, motion. It is like swallowing water almost, but with the head of the penis touching the way, way back of your throat. And when you swallow, you open and that allows it to slip a little further. And honestly, for the most part, if the head of the penis is as deep as it'll go for a couple of seconds, that's successful deep throating. And that the man is really very, very happy with and apparently feels awesome. And for me, especially in, you know, an intimate relationship, if the man is happy, I'm happy too. And I mean, I, I desire and require reciprocation. I know that could be a whole different conversation, but um, I feel like I want to like, my boys are young, but like teach them when it's time that um, don't expect a blowjob if you aren't going down on her first or after or both, but do not expect a blowjob without oral reciprocation. I believe that that's just something we should put in the rule books. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> I like that rule. <laughs> nice.
Okay. So all of these women were completely bro- blowing your minds right now. Probably some men too that are totally listening to this because they've never <laughs> heard women talk about this in such graphic detail, right? <laughs> but uh, how novel. it's novel to me that this is, this is stuff that isn't being discussed. I mean, is it true that this is well, like more blowing information. Porn for sure, but like people actually talking about it and publishing it on a podcast. Right. I know there's quite a few sex podcasts out there, but uh, yeah, safe space to talk about it, I guess. So here we are. <laughs> right. Right. Well, I am just curious. Could you explain to us the physiological function of that? How can deep throating cause a woman to ejaculate? Then do you mean G-spot ejaculation? I do mean G-spot ejaculation. So um, there's a nerve through our body that's called the vagus nerve. It's spelled V-E-G-U-S, unlike the city in Nevada. Um, And the vagus nerve is the largest nerve that innervates through the largest space in our body. So it attaches at the back of the throat and the brain, and it travels all the way through the center of our torso and goes down through the abdomen. And for a woman, it also attaches to the uterus and the cervix. Um, and they call this a cranial sacral nerve. So it's the nerve that, again, travels all the way from the head, the cranial brain area, to the sacral down the spine, and the sacrum, which is the bottom bone of our spine down across from our pelvic region and our womb area. Now, the attachments in the sexual regions is true only for women. So there was, this is pretty interesting. There was a study done that women who have spinal cord injury can still actually orgasm. And that is because of the vagus nerve. Mm -hmm. So there's, this nerve is um, both motor and sensory, and it's responsible for a lot of our involuntary bodily functions. So for example, tears, crying um, is one of the things that the vagus nerve controls. It controls many things. And if you're interested in the science, look it up. But I feel like tears is a beautiful um, parallel to draw here. Um, The word in Sanskrit for female ejaculation, like the liquid itself, is called amrita. Mm -hmm. It's such a beautiful word. Mm -hmm. And it translates in English to holy water or sacred water or like sacred river, amrita. So this is basically, in my mind, from like a very spiritual and sacred standpoint, it's like our pussy crying tears of joy. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the, the, um, the vagus nerve, because it attaches in the throat, it gets stimulated through the 
penis rocking back and forth in the throat. I also read that they um, do studies with women to create orgasm via singing. So if you can sing yourself through the throat to an orgasm, a dick can certainly do it. Mm, wow. I have to work on that. <laughs> it's oh, that be? Just go sing in the shower every morning. Ooh, I had an orgasm. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty amazing. Fun stuff. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. I'm blown away by all of that. That's definitely an edge of exploration personally. So I'm, I, and I learn more from you every time I hear you talk about this. It's just wild. How Thank you. Yeah. Another thing that's really important to mention here is that if a woman feels like she's going to pee during any of these, um, experiences, whether it's penetration or um, being manually stimulated, or if you're having some kind of experience where you feel that your pussy might let go during deep throat, let it happen. Allow, relax, release. It's not urine. Mm -hmm. It's two different things. They come from two different um, glands. And they come through two different veins in the, you know, circuit ways in through the urethra. So um, if you're going to squirt, you're going to squirt. You're not going to pee. But a lot of us hold back from allowing that release because we think that it's pee. But when you actually do first female ejaculate for the first time, it's been reported. And I had this experience as well. It's an incredibly pleasurable and overwhelming emotional release. I cried and cried as if it were like the rivers of joy of my entire life that just let go out of me. And um, it was beautiful. And I'm so happy that I was relaxed enough even without really knowing what was happening in my body at the time that I was safe, loved, relaxed enough in this um, scenario that I just gushed. And it was tears of, of joy through my pussy and it, it was awesome. And I'll also say this, if anyone's listening, men or women, if you're crying after you, ejaculate and don't know why ask to be held know that it's special know that it's very deep emotional release and that is very beautiful and that you will probably understand it more in retrospect but say please hold me or man, if men are listening, if, if your woman ejaculated and is crying, it's probably her first time and just hold her. Yeah. <laughs> what an experience. Oof. Yum. <laughs> I need a lover over here right now. You're <laughs> <laughs> that. You're that. Just talking this, about this all that. Turns back. This is, this is about three years ago. So um, I, I'm. I'm ready for much more love making myself these days. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah.
beautiful wow well what is the number one thing that makes a blowjob the best he has ever had a lot of women want to know this as well well i really think it has to be coming from a place of purity from the woman and the man has to really feel and know and just sense that she wants this as much as he does and if that's happening then things like smiles and eye contact which could be really awkward if it's not authentic yeah. but it can be really beautiful if it is so um i think smiling while giving a blowjob is one of the sexiest things around yeah just knowing that the woman is really into it that she really yeah wants. and you know like you can see it in the eyes too like the mm -hmm. eyes do smile as well um so you know i think i would just invite women to like really just throw yourself all the way into it and say fuck it you know be vulnerable and don't care get get your get out of your head <laughs> mm -hmm. get out of your head get into your heart get into your body and really think less feel more and then the rest is really going to unfold yeah when i learned how to do primal breathing uh before making love in any way uh, uh -huh. that's that was like the piece that could get me out of my head and really just feel super wild like uh, not hold back whatsoever and that's something I teach in my Sex Goddess Three Weeks to Better Sacred Sex for Couples program uh, is the primal breathing because sometimes it is so much in your head and to really have a blowjob be the best you and him have ever had, it takes a level of dropping all of the judgments, all of the thoughts. I mean, any sexual experience is way better when you're not thinking about it, when you're not judging it or when you're not in your head about it. And the primal breathing is, oh my God, it's the way to get there, in my opinion. It works for me every damn time. That's um, awesome to hear. That really is. And I agree. And I, I feel like that's why sexuality and sensuality is very spiritual and sacred. Because the things that we do to get out of our mind and into our hearts, that is our spiritual path. So it's like things like meditation, yoga, prayer you know some people feel that when they go to church like i totally equate lovemaking and sexuality in that same realm where thoughts dissolve mm. and it's what makes it so beautiful and holy yeah i totally agree Awesome. Well, last question for you. What one tip or trick can you give on becoming a multi-orgasmic mama? Putting yourself number one. Mm. Um, any mama who takes incredible care of herself, her children are going to get the best of her 
and then everyone's going to get the best of her. So here, here is what I think is in the way of putting ourselves, number one, throw out guilt. Know your worth. Understand that putting yourself first is a gift to everyone else. And just do it and throw the fucking guilt out the window. It, we don't need it. We don't need it. It doesn't serve anyone to be tired and exhausted all the time and to not be present for your kids and to not really be there present on the bedroom either. Right. And I mean, you know, when you're having amazing sex and present in the bedroom, the times when you're not having sex, when it's like being turned on for everything, turned on for grocery shopping, turned on for mothering, turned on for homework. And it's just a lighter way of being. And um, I've been in that space. I've been out of that space. And everybody is happier um, when I'm able to be in that space. And, you know, it's it's a constant choice over time. I have to remind myself to put myself first um, all the time. but you can, there's always, tomorrow's always a new day and you can always come back to it and you can mess up and you can always go back to it again and again. And it's never too late to keep making that choice for yourself and knowing that that choice is also absolutely for everyone else. Yeah. And it will enhance all of your relationships and all of your experiences. And it's like you, you then you start doing everything from a place of, I want to do this, not I have to do this. Yeah. So true that I think I talked about it once with uh, when I had Claudia Lucida on uh, that omni orgasmic place of when you take care of yourself, when you put yourself first and you put your pleasure first, because that's what it really means. When you take care of you, you're putting your pleasure first because the things that are going to take care of you or the things that feel good and pleasurable for you. And, and Claudia has a beautiful word that I'll pop in now since you mentioned her name and I'm not stealing her word. It's an incredible word that is attributed to her and it's bliss, discipline. Yeah. We talked about that too. <laughs> and it's like, you know, I used to start a week off with a list, a to-do list a mile long and that would end my workouts would be mapped out and everything was very disciplined mm-hmm. and that didn't feel good. Yep. But turning it over, you can get that whole to-do list done, but you can do it from much lighter, happier, um, pleasurable place. If you've made time um, to take care of yourself in between and at least one small thing a day, at least. Yeah. And like, don't plan a week out. Give yourself the spaciousness to, to say, what do I feel like right now? Yeah. Here and there, at least a couple of times a week, give yourself a block of time that you don't know what you're going to do and you decide what you want to do in that moment. I feel like a movie. I feel like a yoga class. I feel like a nap. I, and then... Yeah. You know, start practicing that more and more. I feel like that's, it's really, it's sexy. That's a gift to everyone. Mm-hmm. 
Kate Northrup, uh, that's Christian Northrup, Dr. Christian Northrup's daughter, she calls that uh, scheduling in white space. You actually need to schedule white space. Like if you're a really busy person, you go and put in your calendar that this is the time where you are not doing anything. It's just completely blank. And that is actually scheduled into your calendar. I thought that was a genius idea. I was like, oh my God. Hell yeah, every woman needs that. White space. Mm -hmm. And guess what would be awesome if this happened? I feel like giving a blowjob in my (laughs) white space. (laughs) (laughs) That's absolutely something that I would choose to do during my white space time. Any day, every day. (laughs) I'm so happy to hear that, Lacey. Thank you so, so much for being on and sharing your amazing wisdom and experiences and being so vulnerable and open and sharing your story. I so appreciate it. And I know that everyone listening does too, Caroline. Thank you too. And you're very, very welcome. It's been totally my pleasure. Thank you. (laughs) Well, we'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Bye-bye. Love you. Bye. Love you too.